Welcome to It's Called a Tasting. And it's classy. This is episode number four. The date is October 21st, 2022. I want to do things a little differently tonight. I know the format for us is usually, hey, what's been going on recently? And then we have a wine and we talk about it a little bit. And then there's a topic in general, you know, followed by our usual question at the end. But I want to start this time by discussing the wine, specifically because so much has been going on in the last month. I feel like that will take up a bulk of our airtime, quote unquote. All right. Okay. Tonight, we're having a 2021 Crios Torrentes by Susan Balbo. Crios is one of three lines that she makes. The Crios means power of hands, and it illustrates the powerful tools for mothers. Hence, sorry, not that you can see it because the bottle's in there, but there's a hand on the logo. Oh, that's kind of cool. Torrentes is the grape that's used for this wine. Okay. It's a white grape. It's similar to Riesling and Moscato. It's grown down in Argentina. I'm not going to talk about Argentina tonight because we already talked about Argentina during the first episode when we did the... the, Malbec. It wasn't a Malbec. It was the... You're right. It was a Malbec. I'm sorry. My bad. That was not the first episode. That was the second. (laughs) Yeah, we just love the Malbecs. But it it is grown in in Argentina. There's also a Torrentes line of grapes that's grown in Spain. The thought was that immigrants actually carried those from Spain to Argentina, but in recent years, they've done testing and found out that's not true. So it's two white grapes that are similar. They're both called Torrentes, but they're really not related at all. That's interesting. Yeah. So where did we get this wine? This is our Mezzo wine of the month. Why did we pick it? Uh, I picked this wine um, simply because we did a red last month. I wanted to do a white this month. No special reason. So this wine comes from Susan Balbo Vineyard. Uh, again, it's a vineyard down in, in the Mendoza region in Argentina, founded in 1999 by Susan Balbo. So it's another recent winery. It's not an, an old one. Like, I don't know, we generally think of wineries. It's actually about 10 miles south of Mendoza. Remember, Mendoza yeah. is both like, it's not Providence. I forget the word is down there. It's essentially a state. That's Mendoza. And then Mendoza is also the capital city. Right. This is in Agrillo. It's about 10 miles south of Mendoza. A really tiny town, about 1,000 to 2,000 people. Again, because we already talked about Mendoza, I'm not going to go into the tourism or anything down there, but I did look just to see the only real reason to go to that area is to do wine tasting. Oh, so I'm kind of curious now. We've had a couple wines and the wineries are mainly named after men. I think this is the first winery that we've tasted that was named after a woman. Do you think it has any relationship to how the, when it was originated, that it might be? We shouldn't be speculating anything. I know. It just sounds... It might be something to look up. Okay. Just saying. So if anybody did want to go or we wanted to go, you can take tours of this winery. They offer that. But again, Creole's line is one of three lines that they have. In addition to this Torrentes line, there's three more whites and four more reds. One is a Malbec. And if you think back to that first episode where we talked about the orange wine and how the reason it had the orange tint is because it was actually red grapes and the skin was left on for just a little bit. This winery makes a Malbec rosé. Ooh, that'd be kind of neat. Yeah, and that's that's in the Creos line. And I know this is our Mezzo wine of the month, but the Creos line is their lowest line. So the next one up is a Signature line. And there's a lot of crossover between Creos and Signature, so I don't really know what the difference is and how... Like if you, if you took a Torrentes wine from Creos and how would it be different from Signature. But a couple of the interesting things there is they have a barrel fermented Torrentes and a late harvest Torrentes. And they also have a late harvest Malbec. Late harvest Malbec, I think sounds interesting to try. Okay. It only costs about 30 bucks. That's not bad. And the last line they have is this, I'm going to butcher this one, but Nosotros, N-O-S-O-T-R-O-S. 
Nosotros. They make very small batches that are limited edition, and the bottles there cost over $100. Oh. So let's get to this wine. The ABV is 12.5%. How would you describe the label? It's very plain, actually. The words are different. It looks like they're raised almost. The name of the label, it has like a, a look like the letters are almost raised, but they're not. And I don't know how they did that. That's cool. Are you talking about the label or the line? Uh, The name, the Creos, Creos name. It's outlined. It just looks raised to me for some reason. It's really pretty. I don't know. Oh, dude. It looks like it might have a landscape kind of shaded into the background. It's really just very subtle. It's pretty. Yeah, it's very simple, very white. All right, so let's move on to the liquid. What does it look like? It's pretty clear. It's super, really clear. Super clear. Not a lot of legs. No, and it shouldn't, right? So oh, yeah, you're legs, right. legs mean more alcohol content, right? Right. This, what we just said, is 12.5%. So, I mean, it's right where we want it to be, but not heavy. So it doesn't look like apple juice, which most whites lately, for me, the ones that we've been drinking lately, kind of remind me of apple juice. They have that little orangey tinge to it. This does not. It's very crisp, clean. Ready to smell it? it smells like clean laundry for me. I don't know why. I'm not good with my smells or tastes. It, it, t- it smells citrusy, so I'd buy a pair. You ready to taste it? There's a little bit of a bite to it, like it has tannins. It should not because it's white, right? You're going to think I'm weird, but I taste strawberry almost. I think that's where the bite comes in. Strawberry has kind of that, I don't like that aftertaste that hits you in on the back of your tongue, back of your throat. and It's a sweet. That could be. But it's crisp. It doesn't have any bubbly to it. It's very smooth. You don't taste the alcohol? Mm-mm. Light? You'd say light? I would. Maybe a little acidic? Yes. It's not bad. I wouldn't say tart. Tart doesn't seem like the right word. Oh, it is tart. You think so? Oh, yeah. So a little bit of tart and then smooth and crisp. Mm -hmm. Okay. So moving on to what would you eat with it? You're going to think this is weird. Only because of the fruity taste I have with it. A salad. Like a fruit salad. Like a harvest salad that has walnuts and, and a real vinegary dressing. Okay, and I swear I'm not cheating because I already know the answer, but chicken and rice. I can see that. Uh, What score would you give it? One to ten? No, one to five. One to five? I give it a three. I wouldn't go out of my way to get it. I'd actually probably do it a two and a half, three. I'll drink it. It's not bad, but I won't go out of my way and say, yes, pour me a glass. I wouldn't go below three. I do like it. Maybe a three and a half. Yeah, not a four. So four, if you put an analogy, it was four. It would be, I see it in the grocery store. I need to pick up a bottle. Yeah, definitely not that. Five is, I know it's three towns over. I'm driving to go get it. Right. You ready to hear the actual flavor profile? Absolutely. Okay. Citrus fruits, passion fruit, lychee and white flowers. Lychee? Lychee. Lively acidity, a hint of creaminess, and a long mineral finish add depth and balance to the palate. Mineral. That's why it made me think of soap. Like, it smelled like laundry to me. That's what was, I don't know. What are the actual recommended food pairings? Asian food and fusion cuisine, white meats, Crab and fish, salads, citrus, or creamy dessert? Citrus salads. Yes. Nailed it. Good job. <laughs> the vino score was 3.7. Last thing for this wine, would you, uh, I think you already answered it. Would you drink it again or recommend it? No. Again, if it was offered and there were nothing else to drink, I probably would. I wouldn't go out of my way to pick it up or try to like, if it had four or five whites in a row, I would not pick that one out of that one. It's just okay. So <laughs> I gave it a two and a half, three. The only way you would drink it is if it's the only thing available. It's not that bad. It's not that bad. Maybe that's, I can't get over the smell of it. it smells like clean laundry. And so that's what I taste. All right. Is this the first white you've had from Mendoza? Yes. 
I think it is. Yeah. Anything more on the white? I like exploring wines now. I know I would not pick this up. So moving on, we had a lot of things happen in the last month. Again, regular format, we talk about one, two, three things that happened in the last month, but there was quite a bit. And I want to go back to the last podcast. We we recorded that the night before your birthday party. Oh, yeah. So why don't you go ahead and kick us off? Talk about your birthday party. Uh, All right. So I knew I was having a party or we were having a party because we were cleaning, getting ready. It was just normal. I assumed that it was just going to be like the cul-de-sac crew where the Mays, Spader Clouds, Matthews, Maymay and Babu. Not a lot of people. So as we were getting ready, (laughs) this stood out in my head. I thought something might be up, but I wasn't sure what was going on because I got out of the shower and was getting ready to get dressed. And I was just going to put on just a casual shirt. And he's like, why don't you just get a little dressed up? And so when we got downstairs, we were ready and we were just waiting because people were supposed to show up at like 5.30. So we were sitting out on the back patio. It was a gorgeous night. It was mid-70s, upper 70s, lower 80s. No humidity, very little wind, very clear. It was really nice. It was just a nice evening. And I was sitting there and I happened to see a car come down the cul-de-sac, which I have never seen before. And I was like, that's odd. Kevin goes, well, Sharon and Tom might just have somebody over. Who knows? And I brushed it off. And a couple minutes later, here comes Scotty and his wife, Jess, around the corner. And it blew my mind. Blew my mind. I haven't seen Scotty in 10 years, almost. Almost 10. Ted was a couple months old when they got married and we went down for their wedding. And then a few minutes later, here comes Chewy and Carrie. And so it's just like high or college all over again. I had my boys and it was my husband and my friends came over. So we also had Chris and Sherry came over and the Matthews came over and the Kellys came over. But it seemed like they all migrated around the fire pit with you, Kevin, our normal friends that were, we hang out with all the time. But then Chewy and Scotty and their wives hung out with me and we just reminisced. Chewy brought pictures from when we were in college. And we went through those. That was really cool. And we just chatted. It was definitely segregated, which is a little weird, I think. But it was good. I think it blended together a little more as the evening went on as some of the people started to go home. Right. And we sat, we stayed up and just listened to music with Chewy and Carrie. That was funny, though. They didn't leave until like 1230. No, it wasn't that late. It was like 11, maybe 1130. Might have been 1130. They were going to the Cleveland Browns game the following day, so they went back home to Cleveland that night right after Chewie was drinking, but Carrie was the sober one, so she could drive. We just hung out. It had been so long since I've seen those boys together. We just slipped right back into like it was yesterday. It was fun. It was great. It's exactly what I wanted for my birthday. And then Kevin gave me a gift, which surprised me. He got me my Felino jersey. Uh, it was nice, though. We had the Buckeyes game on on the big screen outside for a bit. And then after the Buck, oh, actually, after the Buckeyes game got lame because they played Toledo and ended up beating them 70 something to, I don't know, 14. But yeah, after that game wound down, then we just threw on music videos and ended up hanging out there for like an hour and a half, two hours. It was fun hanging out with Chewie and Carrie, and I missed that. They were fun. But then the following weekend, we had Sherry's birthday party. I don't remember what happened. It was just. I think I wanted to talk about it just because it was it was nice not having kids there for once. And I've said this to a number of people a number of times already, but because it it was requested that it be an adult only party. So because so many kids weren't there, it was much quieter, much more relaxed. Normally when you get that many people around, I'm on edge. I don't like being in groups that big, but I I think because again, kids weren't there, it, it helped out a lot. The downside to that is that people were starting to check out around 9, 9.30, 10 o'clock. Because babysitters were getting, their time was expiring for their babysitters. It's okay. 
we don't have to have babysitters anymore. Give it a couple more years. That'll be much better. I hope so. But it, it was nice. We set up the screen there over at their house. Again, watched the Buckeye game. The Buckeyes haven't had an interesting game yet this year. Not at all. Been blowout after blowout. A little frustrating that they're that good or they're just playing teams that are that bad. Can't figure it out. During that same weekend, I also had Poison Ivy on my hand. <gasps> oh, that's right. That was the grossest thing ever. We thought you got bit by a spider. Yeah. The night after Liz's party, I was cleaning up in the morning and I ran my hand through a spider web. And I I didn't feel anything when I did that, but it had kind of a like a static electricity feel to it, for lack of a better word. Almost like a tingling in my hand. Again, didn't feel a bite. But then I, I just happened to notice later that morning that I had a mark on my hand that was really itchy and it was starting to get bigger. So our first thought was spider bite, especially because it swelled up so much over the next couple of days. Turns out it wasn't a spider bite. It was poison ivy, but that got bad for a week or a couple of weeks, actually. Yep. You had it on your leg, your side, because you slept on your side. You rubbed it, but that blister was good dime size. It was. Yeah. Still about the same time. Allie told us she's had a boyfriend. Oh, yeah. Golly. This all happened in the last month? Yeah. Wow. So, Michael, I always assumed she would go for older guys. Michael's 16. Just turned 16. Junior. Band geek. Kind of like him, though. I think he's pretty cool. I think he has a very subtle... He reminds me of you a little bit. Yeah, he does. (laughs) She doesn't know that. She wouldn't say it. (laughs) He has a fun little personality. Likes music. He likes to joke around a lot. Very mild-mannered. Very, very sweet. She was testing her limits a lot, though, when in the first couple weeks that she was dating him. I think because she had a job for the last year, she had financial freedom, and she just got her license three months before now, so back in July, and that gave her geolocational freedom, geospatial freedom, whatever. She had the, the ability to get out and go do what she wanted. So financial freedom, freedom to go do whatever she wanted. Then she quit her job. So Which she, I get because she was super busy. Yes, yeah, she was. But she lost her financial freedom when she did that. Still had her, her driving freedom. But when she was dating him in the first week or two, she was testing our limits. I think the best example is when she said she was going out for ice cream at seven o'clock, which is great. Except that she didn't get home until 10 o'clock at night, right? Which is way too late. It was a school night. We want her home by nine. So we had that conversation. And there have been a number of conversations since then. But lately, it's been getting much better. I think she's getting more honest and open with it. Even though she doesn't like the outcome most of the time. I think the interesting thing is, keep talking about negotiation and compromising. I don't think she understands that when she asks us to do things, she thinks we're going to accommodate her needs or her wants instead of compromising. Compromising and accommodating are two separate things, which I think she's struggling with that concept yet. Do you agree? Uh, Yeah. Then she had her play last weekend. Oh, yeah. Again, all this is still in one month. Theaters are calling, man. She has a. She's really good at pulling in the emotion. She doesn't read her lines from memory. A lot of those kids just read their lines from memory without any emotion, just rattled them off. Allie got, she was able to do the facial expressions with the body language to match the intent behind the words. It was really good. She did really good background work too, right? Where when two characters were interacting, having their conversation off to the side, you, she was displaying emotion or reaction physically to whatever was going on around her, which was really good. I think my favorite part of that was when she got snatched off the stage and Teddy lost, <laughs> like, gasped out loud. I think it caught him off guard. That was funny. Yeah, he was startled. 
Yeah, I do think it would be cool if she kept going with this. I, she is really good at it. I'm going to project, though. I think, I don't know, sometimes I think she's an introvert. Sometimes I think she's an, at least has some extrovert in her. Introverts can be expressive and extroverted, but it's a switch. And I can see that being how she behaves on the stage. So it's a lot like flexing a muscle. It gets tiring and it's exhausting to function that way when you're introverted. Yeah, I can see that. She's good. I, I would like to see her keep going. If that's if that's the... I said it during the play that last week. She Just the way she looked, her presence on stage reminded me of Kristen Bell. And of course, we've never seen her in person. But I get the impression that Kristen Bell is an introvert. Oh, she's an extreme introvert. She actually says that about herself. So it's an effort to behave the way she does. And then during all this time, Teddy started hockey. <laughs> oh my gosh. We've had him in Learn to Play for a, a year and a half. I think two years almost. And we had the option of putting him in Kaha or a older hockey league where they play games. Because he's right on the cusp between the Learn Learn to Play series, which he's in right now, and the Kaha and the local hockey leagues. I think keeping him down in the Learn to Play was probably the best thing for him. He's really getting the hang of it. He's getting more aggressive. He's learning to go for the puck and not the players. His skating has definitely increased quite a bit. His stick handling's gotten much better too. Mm-hmm. And how he attacks the puck. Yeah. I mean, there are kids in this league that have been playing there one, two, three years, and you can tell who they are. But that's the difference. It, a lot of these kids are still learn to play kids. And if we would have stuck him in the upper league, those kids have been playing for many, many more years. So, I mean, he would have just gotten potentially frustrated. Well, yeah, frustrated, beat. Uh, we have friends that are putting their kids in that league, so I'm I'm very interested to see how it goes for them. I'm excited, though. Watching him skate and play is... Ellie never was into any sports. She was not a... We pushed her into sports, and it probably wasn't the best thing, but Ted will tell us that he doesn't like hockey, but as soon as he puts those skates on and steps on the ice, the hugest smile comes out on his face. And you know he likes it. He just... He wants to make it his decision. He doesn't like to be pushed into it. Yep. So he's played two games so far, had a goal in his first game. Uh, he, I mean, again, he's the amount that he's growing during just those two games is, is crazy. The skating changed, right? Instead of trying to like flick his, his toes, I guess, to push off on the ice, he's now crouching a little bit. Instead of trying to lift kids' sticks to get the puck, he's now going after the puck directly. Yeah, he's doing well. But then on to regular hockey. Regular hockey started back up too. Yeah, we uh, had a preseason game. I think we got spoiled watching that game. That preseason game where they won seven to nothing against the Blues. I know it was not their number one squad, but they looked good. They looked really good. And now their first, what is it, five games, they've only won two of them. And one was an overtime win, right? Yep. Who's they? Blue Jackets. Sorry. We're avid Blue Jackets fans. I talked about Felino's jersey. From Ottawa? Toronto? Boston? No, Columbus. Ah. You're a turd. But it almost felt like it's were the bad luck charms because we went to the bar last night to watch the Jackets game and they were just stinking up the ice again. It was three to two, right? It was three to two when we left. And then we came home and turned it back on and they ended up winning five to three, right? Yeah, it was. It was four goals in the third period. Oh, one of them was an empty netter. Yeah. Still counts. Yeah, I'm excited. We have our first regular season game tomorrow. I'm excited to get back there. Uh, I mean, it was neat. It's a preseason game. We Because there were so few people there, we bounced around a little bit. We didn't stick to the seats that we were assigned. We sat behind the players' bench for the last, I don't know, five, ten minutes. That was cool. That was a different experience. 
it's a different perspective, I should say. You could hear them chattering on the on the bench a little bit. And seeing the, the shift change from right behind the bench was neat. It's a really quick change. When I'm watching it from the other side of the ice, it seems really slow. But when you're watching it right in front of you, it's really fast. They have to jump over the sides. Yeah. All right. One more series of events, and this will bleed into our, our main topic, quote unquote, for the evening. You and I have been to three concerts in the last month. Right. All right. So we went to Head in the Heart first. And Head in the Heart has been one of our favorite bands for, I don't know, more than a year now. I don't know, favorite. Favorite's too strong, but they're up there. They're a good band um, in our minds. Uh, they came to Columbus three years ago and they played at the Palace. And we did not pick up tickets at the time because we didn't really know them that well. I knew one song at the time, I think. And we've been kicking ourselves since because COVID set in and, and then no one was touring. But if we went and saw them at the palace, we would have had seats that we were sitting in. And, you know, as long as nobody stood around us, we would have sat there and enjoyed a concert. Uh, so they came back around this time, played at Kemble Live, and we went to our usual spot there, right? We stand down in the pit, but at the back against the wall. Who opened? Uh, somebody Greaves opened for him? Shaky Greaves. Yes, and I I know after I I told Chris afterward he apparently likes him. I at least didn't care for him. Oh yeah, he was. What was he doing? He was clapping during the song. Was yeah, he, he was, was just making things? noise. He wasn't really singing. He was just improvising a song. It seemed like it wasn't really singing any songs. It was he was clapping, making noises like. Whoop. Yes. It yeah. was just weird. It was not. It wasn't what I expected, especially for touring with a big name band like Head in the Heart. Well, Head and the Heart's like a medium, right? They played Kemba Live. That's like a medium venue. It's it's not the Newport. It's not an arena. And then it's not the stadium size that very few bands get. Sorry, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed Head and the Heart. They were good. They were exactly what I expected. And then we took the girls. No, sorry. We didn't take the girls. We took Allie and her friend up to see Greta Van Fleet. Dropped Teddy and Marta off at my parents for a couple hours while the four of us went to the concert. Robert Finley mm-hmm. opened for him, and he was really good. A uh, blues singer from Louisiana. He was like 70. He was about there, yeah. He didn't get his big break until his early 60s. It was Louisiana, right? Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was. Great voice live. I've checked out his music since. Um, I don't really care for the recordings, but really enjoyed him singing live in front of us. Um, Houndmouth opened or didn't open. Houndmouth followed Robert Finley, and that's really why I was there. I know I actually I probably only know one song by Houndmouth, but I really like it. Um, really enjoyed their concert. I've been listening to them a lot more lately, and I think my next song after Sedona, which is their major hit that turned I think turned Kevin on to them, is Darlin'. It's really good. You need to listen to it. Yeah, I have not been listening to more. I do need to. But that, then Greta Van Fleet came on the stage, and I know you were looking forward to it. I didn't really care for it. I know they have a Led Zeppelin sound. I, how long are their tracks usually? They're like four or five minutes. Okay, normal. This this seemed to follow a very stereotypical Led Zeppelin feel where when they played a song, they were playing that song for upwards of 10 minutes, right? Just going off and riffing and doing whatever. So it took about two hours for them to get through eight songs, eight or nine songs, it felt like. Yeah, that's probably what it felt like. I bet if we would go back to the set list, it was probably 17, but that's still twice as long as the song should be. Either way. They were a disappointment. When you pay to go see them in concert, you expect them to at least move on the stage. That singer just stood on the stage. He didn't do anything. Didn't walk around. They didn't engage with the audience at all. They just sang their songs. And that's annoying. If you pay for a performance, you should perform. You don't just sit there and sing. Right. And that's Chris's or one of Chris's arguments that I typically don't agree with, but I did for Greta Van Fleet, that he likes to hear the song as it was recorded. 
Right. 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 Don't make any artistic choices with it, which I typically disagree with. You want to play it acoustic? Great. You want to change the uh, the key just a little bit? Great. As long as it sounds good yet. Yeah, this, it was just not good. And it was loud and there was people smoking in the building. So there's like this haze of cigarette smoke everywhere. It was just not... Greta Van Fleet was a disappointment for me, I should say. The only thing that saved it was Houtmouth for me. All right. So I want to take this. Is there anything else from the last month you want to talk about? Oh, Allie and Ted both auditioned for the next upcoming play, and Allie got assistant stage director, right? Yep, she's the ass director. <laughs> and Teddy got a part. He is small boy with sled. We're hoping he has some lines. It would be nice, but if not, he's still on stage. It's going to be awesome. Allie's going to be directing him. It'll be interesting. He's excited too, which surprised me, right? Yeah, he is. I mean, uh, yeah, I'm interested to see if he has lines, which I think we find out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But- so I want to stick with concerts and talk about concerts tonight. Okay. Do you remember your first concert? I think it was a Beach Boys concert at the Allen County Fair. Really? Yeah. That's funny. I barely remember it. I think I went with Lori Bowden and her parents. Okay. I think that's about it. How old were you? I want to say 12 or 13. Hmm. Mine was also the Beach Boys. Shut up. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, so they played after an Indians game. And it was back in the 80s sometime. So I'm sure I was, I don't know, I might have been 10. Because it was, I remember the Indians were still playing at Municipal Field. Municipal Park? Municipal Field. The old stadium. Yeah, so we went to the Indians game, watched the entire Indians game. And then Beach Boys came out and played a concert. I have no idea how long it was. That was my first. And then our first concert was Bare Naked Ladies. And that one was interesting. You and I started dating in the winter. It was around the fall I heard that Bare Naked Ladies were coming to Toledo. And I, I told my friend Chris at the time that I was going to go pick up tickets. He was going to come with me. He, he and Kelly were going to go to the concert. So he, we went to, God, I think it was Kroger at the time. I, I think it was that Kroger that's on 25 in Bowling Green. Because it had like a fifth third attached to it, didn't it? I don't know. It, it was back in the day when you had to go to a location that had a Ticketmaster to get tickets. Yeah. So they had a Ticketmaster location there. Chris and I went in. He got two tickets. I got two tickets right next to him. And my thought was... I don't know who I'm bringing, but worst case, I'll ask our other friend, Dwayne, to come with me. Never mentioned it to Dwayne, mm-hmm. thankfully. So, yeah, I didn't have to back out on him, but you and I started dating early January, and the concert was mid-February. So, of course, asked you to go with me. We went up. I don't think we had dinner anywhere. We stopped at your high school friend's apartment for an hour or so before the concert. Oh, yeah. We stopped by uh, Matt uh, Matt Fosnos. Went to the concert, Chantal Kravioschuk. Yes. Was the opening act. She was really good, if I remember correctly. Yeah, she does a cover of Leaving on a Jet Plane, and I think Surrounded was her biggest hit. Uh, but then went to the Bare Naked Ladies concert, excuse me, Maroon, I think was their latest CD at the time. Uh, Had Pinch Me on it, and... Was that Maroon? That was Maroon. Pirate Ship was... Years before that. Oh, okay. Years. Now I'm drawing a blank. Oh, Stunt. Stunt was the album that had one week on it. You're right. I was thinking it was Stunt that, that had just come out. I think that was, I mean, it was still newish, but that was a year or two earlier. Yeah, Maroon was out. Yeah, went to Bare Naked Ladies. That was our first concert. And then since then, we've seen them, I don't know, five more times? At least. It was the one summer we saw them three times. Right. And we saw them down at the theater on campus, because I got a speeding ticket on my way home from Newark from school that night. And then we saw them at Kemba Live. It wasn't Kemba Live then. It was express live yeah. it doesn't even matter but we've seen them there at least twice yeah so i think we've seen them at least six times maybe because uh, we've seen them at the shot yep 
seen him in Cincinnati, seen him at the Toledo Zoo twice. Yeah, twice. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We've seen him at the zoo twice. <laughs> yep. I was pregnant with Ted then. Yeah, that was one. And then we also took Allie. Yep. That was at the zoo. Yeah, it was at the zoo. Is that the zoo? Huh. <laughs> it, yeah, the summer we met him in person is when we met them backstage first, show one, and then followed them to Cincinnati. But while we were backstage, we talked to the drummer and said, hey, this is yeah, this was one of Allie's first songs she ever knew. Would you guys play it? And he said, tweet it at me. So I did. I tweeted it at him the next day. And while we were in Toledo, they played that song while Allie was in the, sta- or in the audience. And they only played that song that one time. Yep. That, that whole summer. Yeah. Yep. And it's even funnier is... One of our next favorite artists that we've seen many times open for them the one summer at Lifestyles Pavilion. That's what it was, Lifestyles. Do you remember? No. It was Ben Folds opened up for Bare Naked Ladies. Oh, I, Ben Folds Five. Uh, that's where you're going. Sorry. Yes. I think that was the first time that you were ever introduced to Ben Folds. Yeah, I didn't know it at the time. Who opened? Guster opened, and then between sets, you went to get drinks, and Ben Folds Five came on while you were out getting drinks. Mm hmm. I didn't remember because I didn't know the song, so I had to go back and look it up. They opened with One Angry Dwarf, and when he got to the end of the song, he's just banging on the piano, stops playing on the piano, piano, picks up his stool that he's sitting on, and slams it on the keys, and I was sold right there. If you can rock on a piano, that's a pretty good show. Yeah, I would go pay money, pretty decent money to go see Ben Folds 5, because I think that's where he has that collaboration of not just the piano, but the whole instrument montage behind him, drums, bass, guitars. So your first concert that you saw was already without your parents. Mm-hmm. What was your first concert you saw, I guess, without adults? Probably the BG one, where uh, we went to go see um, Run DMC and... I don't remember who opened for Run DMC. I can't remember who opened for Run DMC, but I think that was my first one. That's funny. We didn't have a lot of money. We didn't do that kind of stuff, right? Okay, so I'll talk about mine. My first concert without my parents was my senior year, not back when Bush was big. Right, so I mean, Bush was—I don't know—a medium band. They did—they never really made it big. Oh, they did there for a hot minute. Their first album, with, yeah, was it Sixteen Stone? Was that the name of it? I don't remember. It doesn't matter. Actually, the one that has the glycerine on it is well, glycerin. But um, crap, now I'm drawing a blank. The one that they use for the jackets opening every game, Machine Head. Yep, that's true. I I need to tweet that sometime. I've seen Machine Head live in person. <laughs> but my point there is. Looking back on it, Bush was just kind of average. They were here for a second and they were gone. Right. right. The the interesting thing is the opening act for them for that show, the opening act, not even the middle, was no doubt. Oh, huge. It was. But at the time, we had only ever heard of I'm Just a Girl. I mean, the whole album was out, of course. What, Tragic Kingdom? No, that's not right. That's a different band. Spiderwebs? No, it wasn't Spiderwebs. It was. Yeah, it was. The Spiderwebs was the name, was the name of one of the songs, but the album name. I want to say it was Spider, Spiderwebs. You're going to have to look it up now. Now we're going to pause and look it up. No, I nailed it. It's Tragic Kingdom. Oh. Anyway, No Doubt was the opening act. The middle act was Google Dolls. Man, that's a killer series. Yeah, A Boy Named Goo was their recent and I, I would say their largest album. I still think a bucket list, which we passed on and we should never have passed on, was Counting Crows came here and played at Lifestyle Pavilion the one summer and we passed on it. Yeah, wasn't that the one where they had to move their concert time because of the Ohio State game? Yes. They, they played earlier in the day because Ohio State was playing later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you know who your audience is. I want to go see Counting Crows. I, I think my top three that are we're running out of time to uh, see are Foo Fighters, Counting Crows, and Red Hot Chili Peppers. I think they would be fun. Have you seen Red Hot Chili Peppers in concert? No, I, th- I think they would be good. What are your random concerts? The concerts I can't believe I actually went to? 
because it, the music wasn't exactly my style. So I would have put Run DMC on that list. Knew who Run DMC is. I know the words to Tricky, but that's really about it. <laughs> I don't. Even, I can't even name another song. I can't remember them. Right. And then the other one was Busta Rhymes. I would never have thought to go see that. Well, it was, I can't remember if I was still living in Cincinnati or if I was visiting for a weekend, but Busta Rhymes was putting on a free concert in the parking lot on UC's campus. I don't, I don't know what struck me about that is interesting, but I mean, it's a free concert of Busta Rhymes playing at UC. I'm going to go walk over and it was like a mile walk at most. I'm going to go walk to it and check it out. I only stayed for, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes just to see. And it was on UC's campus. So you would think it's for all the college kids, but it brought out all the local people. So it was crazy. I don't know. I don't, it was crazy. I think we've turned into those people that will just go see random bands. If we know at least one song from them, I bet we could go see random ones all the time. Yeah, crap. We were talking about our three concerts we've been to in the last month and we didn't even get to the third. Oh yeah, you're right. We didn't. We saw Airborne Toxic event. Just this last Tuesday. I was so hungover the next morning, by the way, Kevin. I don't know what happened. I only had those Bud Light seltzer things. That was it. I shouldn't have been hungover. But I think maybe it was cold and dreary that night and just kind of felt off and wonky. But yeah, it wasn't bad. Newport is probably my favorite place to go see bands. We've seen two so far. We saw Strumbellas. That was amazing. Because we love the Strumbellas. Yeah. Airborne Toxic event was good. It got a little weird. Their opening act was okay. I mean, they're a little odd. There was a couple songs in there that were pretty decent, but I would not go out of my way to listen to them again. Airborne Toxic event? No, 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 no. The people in front of Oh, yeah. Down in the Valley? Yeah. Or yeah. In the Valley Below? In the Valley Below. Down in the Valley is a head of the heart song. Yeah. Yeah, no, I really liked Airborne Toxic Event. They might be cracking my top five bands to go see again. I will admit that a lot of their songs sound the same, but in going into the concert, I knew three of them probably, but really enjoyed it. I tried listening to some of the other songs that I knew that would be played because you, know, you can go find the set list from recent performances and figure it out. But figure it out. out. <laughs> Jinx, you owe me Coke. <laughs> now I lost my track. Oh, but I didn't enjoy the recordings. I really enjoyed it live though. Yeah. Oh. Before we jump off of this, the one concert that I would kill to go see again, if he ever toured again, better than Ezra. That was unexpectedly awesome. I mean, he sounds just the same as he did 25 years ago. Yeah, probably. And he was opening for Bare Naked Ladies, right? Yes. <laughs> well, not he, the band. Yeah. Sorry, I'm blanking for a second. I was thinking, was no, that was not the Violent Femmes concert. That was with Colin Hay. Uh, yeah, but he, I mean, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't full of himself. He didn't stand on stage and just sing. He came out into the audience and was walking around while he was singing, which I don't know. It was cool. We never see that. Yeah, it, it was an experience. That's the kind of performance I was expecting with like Greta Van Fleet. To me, if artists don't go out and actually perform or engage and interact with their audience, they're full of themselves. They're too arrogant to be touring. You need to appreciate the people that paid the good money to come see you play. That's all I'm saying. So two other concerts I want to touch on real quick are Jimmy Buffett and Metallica. You can roll your eyes at Jimmy Buffett, but I used to go to Jimmy Buffett with my friends from Cincinnati. I went to it two summers in a row, and that was a good time. Cincinnati is one of the bigger touring spots for him, for whatever reason. I couldn't even tell you, but that was back in the day. That was, golly, I mean, we're talking, that have been 98 and 99, so we're talking 24, 23 years ago. Back in the day when you could smuggle liquor in your outfit into the concert venue, Oh, yeah, you can't do that anymore. No. Yeah, I enjoyed his show. 
he has a neat feature where, and I know other bands do it, but he has a neat feature where he goes around town the day of the concert and he's snapping pictures of himself at all the different locations. And then it's up on the stage during one of the songs. I don't remember it. But then also during that same time frame, I was able to go see Metallica with a couple of my roommates from Cincinnati. And that was, that was cool, but also very scary. Uh, it's still the only time that I've had somebody attempt to pickpocket me. Mm-hmm. It was one of those, somebody went walking behind me and I could feel the fingers go into my back pocket. And thankfully I was intelligent enough to put my wallet in my front pocket that evening. They did it so quick and I, I turned around to see if I could see who did it and could not tell. Like nobody was running away. Nobody was, I don't know, no idea who it was. Also, there were a couple girls that were trying to crowd surf at that concert at Metallica. And it was horrible. The uh, guys were just grabbing at their clothing and pulling at it. Um, not a not a good feeling to sit there helplessly. And watch it happen. Yeah. Yeah, concert was fine. So last thing for this one. Favorite bands you want to see again? Strombellas. But you can't really see the Strombellas the way they were. I mean, Simon's in rehab and... He left the band. He, yeah, because he went to rehab. Extended stay in rehab. He's not coming back. No, he's not coming back. Better than Ezra. I mean... I mean, we see all the time Ben Folds. We see Bare Naked Ladies all the time. There's But Ben Folds is still on my list. I definitely want to see him next time he's back in town. I don't know that Bare Naked Ladies is so much I, anymore. I, I Since that Stephen Page left, they just seem to be wash, rinse, and repeat the same tune over and over and over again. At least, And I've been listening to a lot of the old stuff that they did. Stephen Page is an artist. He was really an artist. He did really good stuff. And you can definitely see the difference, even on like a silver ball. Silver ball was good. They had one or two original songs, but the rest of the songs sounded very, very similar. Like the the speed and the tempo and the instruments used and the, the melody between the chorus and the verses were always the same. It just, they've lost their magic for me. I should say that. I would go see Pink again in a heartbeat. She was amazing. She is my all-time favorite soloist, I should say. My gripe with her is that it was a performance. It was like going to see a Broadway show. There was nothing personal about it. It's stupid, I know, but most bands will pause. In fact, I, I hated, uh, crap, Toxic Airborne Event. They were doing the, you know, like the classic, welcome, or thank you, Columbus, right? Almost like they were reading it from the back of their guitar, right? Bare Naked Ladies were best. Bare Naked Ladies would pause. They would talk about, you know, hey, you know, we were down at this shop today and they would have a story and whatever. They would tell tell you about your time they spent in your city. Pink, there wasn't even a stop or point where she stopped. It was just, it was a performance with every single song. It was rehearsed and there was no, there was no improvisation. Mm, I would agree with that. I don't know what it is though. She just, she connects with me. I, I, I feel very pulled to her music and her lyrics. I get it. I get that she's your favorite and you'd want to go see her. I'm just saying. 21 Pilots, I would go see them again. That was well worth the money and an extreme, extreme awesome show. They were all over the place. Piano on a uh, suspended platform. They put the drums out in the middle of the... He crowd surfed on his drums while playing the drums. It was amazing. He put a platform on top of the crowd put his drums on that platform oh right and they shuffled him around the top of the of everybody as he's performing the song it was really cool and those are local boys so i'm hoping they do it again right and i haven't seen them so i can't i'm not weighing in you would have loved it Hmm. how about the bleachers (gasps) oh yes i think they're my number one really yeah really you didn't enjoy it i thought strombellas would have hit your number one for you 
it'd be pretty close, but it's not Simon. Mm. Again, the lead singer is not there anymore. It's a different lead singer. I would definitely go see Bleachers again. That was Strambellas would still make top three. I think it would be Bleachers, Strambellas. Actually, then it'd be a it'd be a tough call between Ben Folds yet, even though we've seen him a handful of times, or better than Ezra. Agreed. And then on my list, I have honorable mention because I'm not even sure if they're still together or touring. But OAR, and they're still touring. Are they? Yeah. I thought we just heard that they were just doing a show. Yeah, they were here in the last month, right? Yes. They were here. Not we missed it. Yeah, we missed it. Mm. But they're another local band, right? Yeah. Uh, well, sort of. I mean, they're from Baltimore, but half of them went to school here at Ohio State. Right. Actually, I just came up with another category, and I don't even have an answer to it yet. Oh no, you do. You have your bucket list of bands you want to see mm-hmm. that you haven't seen yet. Mm-hmm. Mm. Top three. Yeah, Counting Crows and, and Foo Fighters are definitely up there. I was thinking, now I lost it already. Would you go see Metallica again? No. Mm. Why? Too heavy? The crowd. The crowd is the reason I wouldn't go. Mm. I don't know who my third would be that I've never seen before. I had one, and then I lost it. This is what happens when you try to finish a bottle. All right, we good with concerts? Mm-hmm. All right, it's now time for the final sip. And the question is, I think the concept of marriage is... It's interesting... Because before we were even married, I tie the commitment not to the marriage itself. The wedding is the celebration of the union. It's not, I don't think it's really tied to the marriage either. I think the marriage is basically anymore. It's a, it's a forced joining on paper to get a tax break. It's outdated. It's, it's a, it's a bind to try and hold two people together. It's a, it's what it is. It's a legal binding to try and hold two people together rather than to make them stay together rather than because they want to. That's exactly what I think. And if if you look at marriages that last are longstanding, there are people that, what was it? What show did we watch that said there are people that are more likely to get divorced because they wanted the wedding, not the marriage? Yeah, they've been saying that for decades. Right. But now what we're seeing is since people that are in love and cherish each other and want to be with each other aren't just man and woman, they're man and man and woman and woman or just want to be connected to somebody they don't have to have that legal binding to do it they just feel drawn to each other or in other words do you think marriage is worth it anymore the work or the act of the act of marrying somebody is is worth it anymore or is it just a show i don't think it's a show i think the wedding is still important the wedding is a celebration we're choosing to be committed to each other right the marriage itself is we're putting this in a legal binding contract right it's just like any other relationship it's just that legality that isn't worth it for me anymore. Yeah, give us a tax break. <laughs> no, there was an interesting point before we got married where we were going through that uh, RCIA at St. Paul's. And we got a letter that was saying because we were living together before we were married. And you always like to say uh, the kids, she said the kids would be abominations. I don't remember that. But she definitely said that we couldn't participate in any of the ceremonies that were part of it. We could still go through with it and still convert me to Catholicism. But because we were, it wasn't good that we were living together before we were married. And my thought that I didn't say to her, but my thought back at this was you can't predetermine what my level of commitment is, right? That's between Liz and me and God. Right. And writing your name on a piece of paper doesn't prove anything or doesn't hold you mentally and emotionally to anything. I think it actually does the opposite effect. I agree. I think it harms probably more than it helps. Right. Probably scares people to, like, it makes them feel stuck then. Yes. And now I need to get out. Yeah. Instead of actually being themselves. But then, okay, so there's two sides to that. If there was never that legal binding to it, would it be easier to tap out 
or is that legal binding giving a reason to try harder when things get rough? I think the legal binding exists only to support those that have something to lose should things go awry, right? The housewife or let's call it house spouse. That's spouse. I like that. That's that's married to the breadwinning spouse, right? That's making lots of dollars. If something goes south in that and now they're forced to fend for themselves, there needs to be something in the legal system that helps them out. I would agree with that statement then. I actually kind of like that house spouse. It's not a housewife, not it's a house husband. We know spouse. Oh, this was interesting. It's a good call. I really did not like this wine. If you want the rest of it, you can have it. It's not my jam. Well, I think that's it, right? No, it's not. We didn't finish the wine yet. Oh. <laughs> that's the rule. Okay. No, so I, I think the one I look back at now, I don't I don't know too many couples that have been together for years or decades that haven't gotten married. Oh, I do. A friend's, well, we can talk about yours in a bit. A friend's mom has. Now, she divorced her first husband and both the the, the guy she's with both have kids. Kids are well grown. They're my age. But she's been with this guy for, I mean, gosh, uh, probably 30 years. And they're not married. Living in the same house. Again, as long as you can put names on documents like the the deed to the house i don't know how what their situation is to who, who bought the house or if they both did whatever it is but as long as you put names there names on bank accounts uh the catchy part is you can take names off bank accounts very easily yes and you don't need the other person there to do it that is true all right who do you know that's been together for years or decades with not married abby and jim yeah I don't, they haven't hit, not hit a decade yet uh they were together before ted was born i don't think so want to put money on it it would have been right when he was born, I think. We took a picture the following Christmas down in Cincinnati, that big Martin family picture. Uh-huh. Again, that's where I learned my list lesson with photography. We did not include Jim or Mark because they were boyfriends at the time and somewhat recent. And that, so my lesson I learned is I made the decision at that time, don't include the boyfriends because you don't know how things are going to go. And one has become a husband. The other one is stuck with the girl for nine, 10 years, whatever it is. And the interesting thing is people that were in that photo that were family members have now separated and they're no longer family members. Right. So it's just whoever's there is in the photo. Right. But then... Points in time. Yeah. The opposite effect happened last Christmas now. Christmas? Yeah, it was Christmas. Where our niece's boyfriend on the other side was in the family picture and now they're no longer together. So I think you include everybody and just take your chances. Yeah. It's always going to be a story. That's what pictures are. They're they're moments in time that you can reminisce and talk about later. And conversation happens. Like if he's, if that person or that partner is not there any longer, it's a conversation. Memory. It's not meant to hold you to, to it in stone, just like writing your name on a piece of paper for a marriage. I want to go see them, by the way. In Australia? I do. Yeah, that'd be fun. Well, really great conversation tonight. And remember, slice matters. Nobody likes a small glass of wine. Allie and Ted both auditioned for the next upcoming play, and Allie got assistant stage director, right? Yep, she's the ass director.